0: From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at TNTRadio.live. You're listening to Germ Warfare with Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio TNT.
1: Germ Warfare at TNTRadio.live. That's my email address. As always, thank you to those who mail me. A special thank you to those who include their general location in the world. Just so you know, I am not harvesting your data, I promise. My Excel my Excel uh, skills are of extremely limited, uh, but I do like to know where everybody is listening and tuning in from. If you are watching via the video feed, I think uh, all the links are on TNT's website, but I th- if memory serves, you can watch via Rumble YouTube X. I am pretty amazed that YouTube hasn't taken down uh, uh, TNT yet. Uh, based on the conversations that we we're having but hey we might as well exploit it for for all it's worth uh and if you are uh in the live chat say hi i've got the live chat open in front of me uh it's great great to see the engagement uh throughout the course of the show what's the weather here in cape town it's 27 degrees celsius here at the bottom tip of the african continent tomorrow looks like it's going to be 36 Uh, I think uh, Greta will be very happy to know that it's quite hot here. She is very scared of cold weather. And uh, right now we are really enjoying summer. I am thoroughly enjoying the vitamin D. Going outside, my wife bought some, uh, some fruit and vegetables from a local farm this morning. We like to support local farmers because the globalists hate, hate, hate that. They want you to buy from centralized stores you know all the usual stuff anyway alex joel will be with you for the next hour my name is germ this is germ warfare the battle of
0: ideas getting straight to the facts enough with the lies we need facts this is today's news talk radio tnt it's
1: been a while john hamer thank you for joining me in the trenches
2: my pleasure good to be back again
1: I said, now the weather's quite good down
2: here. I'm pres- I'm presuming it's not
1: so good where you are.
2: <laughs> uh, no, not great. It's a bit grey about four degrees. But apart from that, it's all great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you say four degrees? Four, yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, oh, no, yes. no, no, can you, no. Can you send some of your
2: temperatures this in this direction, please? Because <laughs> so we can equalise it a little bit, you know.
1: Four. Ah, oh, man, no, no. There's something. There's something wrong. No matter. <laughs> no, I, I'm. I'm happy with the with the African chaos. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I blame global warming, Jeremy. That's what it is.
1: Um, Michelle, who's listening in in Florida, says it's 50 degrees Fahrenheit in Florida. I don't know what that is. I can never get the calculation right. What is it? 50 Fahrenheit by... is 10
2: centigrade.
1: Oh, okay. So it's also not terribly warm where where, where she is. Yeah. But anyway, all right, John, you um, wrote, well, you've written a number of books, but the, the one that I bought and my favorite of yours is uh, The Falsification of History. I think just okay. the shipping alone probably cost more than the book because it is such a thick book.
2: Yeah, it is, it's a big book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's about <laughs> 650 pages from memory. Um, but yeah, most of my books tend to be that size because there's so much information to impart. Jeremy, mm. as I'm sure you're aware,
1: yeah, um, exactly.
2: Well, let's start with
1: let's start with the most obvious question: Why uh, should or is history falsified?
2: Uh, I mean, that is a very big question, obviously, and there are a multitude of answers to it. But I think the 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 overriding one is the fact that. Um, the, the powers that be or the powers that shouldn't be as I like to call them uh like to keep us in a fake box of reality because that way they can keep control over us okay so the, I mean the, it's mainly falsified for that reason but to, to kind of dig d- dig a little deeper into that um there are there are a multitude of other reasons um but it it's it's mainly that particular reason and that is that um that the only way that 8 billion you know 8 billion people which is what we are allegedly i'm not too sure about that figure actually I'm, i suspect that might be exaggerated for nefarious purposes but let's assume it's true the only way that a few thousand people c- can control 8 billion of us is by uh, creating a fake reality um you know mm. and 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 they falsify history as well to give us a, a false view of of who we are as a species. You know, I believe that we're a, a very powerful, we're very powerful spiritual beings. But they do their best uh, by falsifying history to take that power away from us. Okay, so they, they make up things like, um, for example, the Big Bang Theory, which is a load of nonsense the theory of evolution, which is more nonsense. And those two things specifically, actually take away our power by taking away the creator, the divine spirit, in my view. And and that, that just turns into little random specks of cosmic nothingness. Um, you know, controversial view maybe, but that's, uh, you know, according to my extensive research, and I've been doing this for 26 plus years, you know, that would definitely fit the bill.
1: So Is that the point of so hang on before I ask the question when we say falsifying history, uh, what exactly does that mean?
2: Uh, Fabricating, what, for example. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm not quite sure what you mean by that question. What, what does it mean? Oh, I mean, in other
1: words, in other words, in other words, falsifying, in other words, uh, simply creating a new version of events that have already occurred.
2: Yeah, obviously, they do it to protect as well. What 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 the nefarious things that they're doing. Um, yeah. So by by creating a fake past gives them uh, gives people a different view of them and their th- their uh, actions, which are uh, most of the time their uh, yeah. their actions are uh, are to actually uh, protect themselves from what would be the mm. wrath of the of the community in general if they knew what was really going on. So you know the the Um, things like for example if you take the whole of the 20th century for example the whole of the 20th century is a great example because it's not what we believe it to be okay all those things happened obviously the two world wars vietnam war all the major events of the 20th century but none of them happened in the way that we're told or for the reasons that we're told and again just to reiterate they do that to protect themselves because i think it was um george bush Senior that famously said, "If the people knew what we had done, they'd chase us down the streets and lynchers." And this is exactly, you know. So they have to, they have to falsify events to cover up their own crimes, basically.
0: Mm. And, and, all, and, and their
2: own crimes are about maintaining control.
1: Yes, and, and 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 by maintaining control of the narrative, you can then control the people.
2: Exactly, exactly that. Yes, it's all about control, power, and control.
1: How much then of history would you say has been falsified?
2: (laughs) Well, as I said before, individual events, for most of the time, apart from certain false flag events, did actually happen, such as the two World Wars, to use that example Mm. again. But they just don't happen in quite the way that they tell us. Okay, And the sequence of events. Is controlled in a different way and, and under different circumstances than what we're widely believed to be the case, and of course that's totally support, supported by the, um, the the shills in the mainstream media, for example, who who work with these people to present a fake val- version of reality. Um, so, for example, what's going on in in Palestine at the moment. Um, we don't really know exactly where that's going and what's going to be the end result of that. Um, but I, for one, certainly suspect that that's not exactly, um, we're not being told the truth exactly about what's happening. Uh, there is some nefarious av- agenda behind it. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And that will become apparent within time. So at the moment, we don't know. But obviously, historical events, which is what you question me about, we do know. We do know what's happened. And we do know what the outcome has been. And if you uh, research it carefully, it's possible to find out what was really going on. And, you know, and, and, and more often than not, it tends to be not what they've told us. So it's a difficult question to answer. But a lot of history is falsified
1: yeah so like for example all of us listening now will likely remember 9 11. we were there we saw yes. it on tv yes we saw we saw what we think were uh, were planes flying into towers we saw the towers go down and yes. some other stuff happened like the pentagon etc and yes. all all we know is what we were fed by the tv
2: exactly that exactly that yeah and and it's interesting you mentioned that particular incident and the planes uh, because i uh i researched 9-11 pretty deeply you know at the time and just after it happened and um a couple of years after nine eleven, i actually um uh, got talking to a, an american guy who was actually in new york at the time he actually lives and works in new york and he was he was there on 9-11 and this is just by way of an example but the a he was convinced there were no planes, okay? He was he was on the streets that morning, and and he spoke to a few people at the time who said that no, they'd not seen a plane. And then he spent the following year, and he interviewed about 1,200 people over the course of the next uh, year, asking them if they'd seen planes, and not a single person who'd been out on the streets on that morning had actually seen planes. So we know that those planes were CGI'd, okay? Those planes never existed. That was just a complete fabrication of history by the powers that be facilitated by the mainstream media so just by way of an example yeah
1: but what makes this interesting is i could ask you okay so why does it matter but the obvious answer i suppose is that truth is important
2: of course yeah i mean if we're not told the truth about these events then it, it begs the bigger question what you know what else are they lying about, and the answer is lots and lots of things. You know, not, not just history, but science, um, you know, geography, even you know, it, it, everything. Uh, so you know, it's a very important question. You know, you, I've had that question before. Jeremy and people have said to me, "Well, at the end of the day, what what difference does it make really?" Well, the difference it makes is that you know we are being lied to, and we should know the truth. You know, it, it's it's as simple as that.
1: Mm. When you say the, the, I like your phrase, the powers that shouldn't be. Uh, w- what do you mean? Who are they?
2: Well, again, that's a very big question. Um, there are there are different factions. They're, they're not a, a, a coordinated whole, you know, as as many people think they are. It's not a, a fully coordinated organization as such. It's very loose uh, group of of certain billionaires, of certain bloodlines. We've heard of the thirteen. Mm. Uh, bloodlines and all that kind of stuff so it, it's a conglomeration it's senior freemasonic involvement there's a very wide spectrum at the top but it's a it's a it's a reasonably coordinated but not, not wholly coordinated group and they do have internal squabbles so yeah uh, but to actually define them very very difficult indeed i do um, i anywhere. agree with you
1: yeah I, I agree with you i've thought about that question myself a lot and uh I've come to the conclusion that the idea that it's this tiny group of people sitting around a table, you know, smoking cigars and with the lights dim and, you know, that that whole thing is nonsense. I think it's a much larger, yeah. as you say, decentralized group with probably overlapping and similar uh policy frameworks like the, like sustainable development yeah. is is a massive right. framework which yeah. has buy-in from, you know, almost 200 countries and if they say, you know, if their medical wing, the WHO says, lock down your country, suddenly and by sheer coincidence, the whole world locks down in March 2020.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the WHO has a very uh, substantial influence on 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 us. I mean, uh, and mm-hmm. I think just recently it's become even worse. That's because they've now been given the mandate to actually uh, overrule governments, uh, so it, it's almost becoming, in effect, a de facto world government, which is a very, very dangerous situation. Obviously, it's not democratic democratically elected body. Um, not that I'm uh, a mad fan of democracy, but that's a whole other story, probably for another time. I'm, uh, I'm the but, same. But yeah, yeah.
1: In in fact, in your book, you talk about uh, the sort of illusion of democracy. Yes. I do. What do you mean by um, that? For those, for, for, for those who don't know, well, what, what do you mean?
2: Okay, right. Well, again, maybe a controversial view to some, but, um, you know, I believe that democracy has been deliberately put there uh, in the pretense of giving us the people a voice. Okay, I think they realised many, many years ago that um, rule by... Uh, you know overt force which is what used to happen in you know to the middle ages and that kind of time and, and even slightly beyond ruled by that kind of overt force um, wasn't working because people get upset and they fight back but if you give them the illusion of having a say in their own governance which is what democracy is in effect then it tends to smooth the waters a little bit and people you know mm. don't respond don't react don't rebel to the same extent obviously you get obviously demonstrations and things like that but you don't get as many open openly armed uprisings which they want to avoid if they can um Mm. so they devise a system whereby they it's picked one of two you know and whichever one you pick you know, unfortunately, the the differences are very, very slim indeed. But it gives us the the fake idea that we've got to say in our dest- own destinies, which is so much nonsense. I mean, it's just crazy.
1: Yeah, I think it was Noam Chomsky who who said, and I'm probably going to butcher um, what he said, but but I think the principle is is the same, and that is that one of the most powerful ways to control people is to is to give them choice A and choice B, but you've created the parameters of what they can do, of of what they can do with those two choices. And they've got no idea that choice C and choice D exist. And so you allow for a lot of you allow for a lot of lively debate happening between choice A and choice B.
2: Exactly that Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was um, Dr. Anthony Sutton um, that said, uh, left and right is a Hegelian trap.
1: Yeah.
0: Absolutely, yes. absolutely correct.
2: Yeah.
1: All right, John Emery, don't go anywhere. I'm just quickly going to go to a break. My name is Jerm. This is TNT.
0: TNT's Bruce De Torres. The WHO's proposed treaty will increase man-made pandemics by Merrill Nass. Just a minute about this. This report is designed to help readers think about some big topics: how to really prevent pandemics and biological warfare how to assess proposals by the WHO and its members for responding to pandemics, and whether we can rely on our health officials to navigate these areas in ways that make sense and will help their population. Populations. We start with a history of biological arms control and rapidly move to the COVID pandemic, eventually arriving at plans to protect the future. She didn't put protect in quotes but I just did verbally. World Stage and Bruce de Torres on today's News Talk TNT. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries. Stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life saving work at helpheart.org. CO2 sustains all life on Earth, but now it's in long term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: John, in reference to your comment about democracy being a farce, a comment here from Nev says, yeah, please vote for pile of shit A or pile of shit B. <laughs> <laughs>
2: couldn't, have put it, couldn't have put it better myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very subtle.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, but it sums it up very, very nicely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that that's what it is. Um, you know, whichever whichever. I, I, have, I have this glib saying that I use and I say that I never vote because it doesn't matter who you vote for. The government always gets in. So, you know, I always find that, a lot, you know, quite a, an amusing little aside. Yeah,
1: someone said to me, uh, I think a year ago, they said, just have a look at the, the general trajectory of the policies of the parties. And it's exactly what you said. The The differences are so small. For example, yeah. uh, Trump. Trump removed uh, the United States from the Paris Accord, but then Biden uh, reverted that. So now what what was the point? You know, it's just the exactly. same thing. So they they're just heading in the same direction.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I suppose when Trump's trump gets back in, which looks likely, um, he'll it'll, it'll do the same again and, and on we go. And it's just yeah, constant and reversing exactly right. and of, of reversing of policies. Um, Yeah, but people fail to see it, and it it really frustrates me that uh, people are so blind to what's going on. I mean, I think, to be fair, people are waking up, and I think the last two, three years um, actually facilitated that greatly. You know, I speak to many people who uh, were woken up by, you know, what's happened in the last two or three years, Mm. and I think – yeah, you know, I actually think that they are, they they overreach themselves with that, and um, yeah. you know, because according to the Rockefeller Lockstep document, which people out there might might or might not be aware of, but that was predicted for that to go from twenty to run from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty five the COVID nonsense. Um, but they had to curtail it, you know, almost three years early. Uh, but I think because they realised they were waking people up and people were questioning it. I mean,
1: I don't think COVID was a thing at all I don't think it was a real thing no. the whole thing was a no, but wasn't. yeah but but I just want to correct you you said two to three years can you believe it John it's four years already
2: yeah four yeah. years yeah how time right. has flown uh, unbelievable isn't it yeah I know it was March 2020 <laughs> goodness me <laughs> yeah
1: um do, do you think that do you think that the 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 COVID hoax uh was actually a blessing in disguise
2: in some ways, yeah. Um, it, as I said, I, it's woken a lot of people up, um, mm. you know. And, and I think that's the key to ending this, this, you know, this tyranny that's going on at the moment. And that is people waking up, um, you know, the, the, we talk about things like the the hundredth monkey syndrome, and and the tipping point of, of of public opinion. And I think you know we're moving towards that. I'm not saying it, you know, we're there yet. I think there's a long, long way to go, but it's a start. And I think I do think these people are running scared to a slight, to a, a you know, small extent, and the agenda is definitely being stepped up. Um, yeah, in fact, that's what my next book is going to be about. You know, con- the continuing a- agenda, things like AI and transhumanism, uh, which is the next big thing that's going to be coming along. And uh, yeah, John, history, history, history is very vast.
1: Um, if yeah. we were to. Let's just pretend for a second now that I was just waking up. If mm-hmm. I were to go and look at some of the most pivotal, most critical, most fundamental parts of history to 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 re to reevaluate to revise, what what in your mind are some of the the really important ones?
2: I would say <clears throat> uh, it's a good question actually, but I would say uh, from the very end of the nineteenth century onwards. To the mid 20th century was a very, very crucial period in our time. And I think that needs to be examined a lot more carefully than it currently is, because what went on then is very, very, very different to what we're told. Okay. I mean, you know, the very, as I said before, right at the beginning, the very basic elements of what happened are there, but the motivations and the real detail behind it is very very far from what we're led to believe and there's a certain event that happened in the mid 20th century um which i won't go into um because uh, you know um, i'm not sure whether that would be appreciated by many many people but let's just leave it at that but i think that period of of time jeremy is has been absolutely pivotal to where we are now so yeah yeah, i think i know i would would I would encourage anybody out there to look at that in way more detail that particular period of history say from 1890 to about 1950.
1: There were there were a bunch of things that started happening though I mean to the, the 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 implementation of the Federal Reserve. I mean that had a yes. profound effect on where we are Absolutely. today.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean the, the without the Federal Reserve uh, being uh, established in 1913, World War One couldn't have happened. They needed the Federal Reserve to fund both sides, um, and World War One, um, which may be a surprise to many people, was actually in the planning from around 1890, and that's why I mentioned the day of 1890. Um, yeah, so that, and then of course, uh, immediately following World War One, um, you know, we, we had World War Two. You know. Less than twenty years later, or about twenty years later, and World War—the origins of World War Two—are very much embedded in World War One and what happened in the nineteen twenties as well. Um, So again, it's all stuff that people who really want to get to the bottom of of where we are today need to look at that period in history. And I can't emphasise that enough, Jeremy.
1: Do you think? Do you think that this last, let's say, two hundred years? um, more or less of, of history is, is yeah. the most important. Cause I'm, we you know a conversation that I, I, I like to have sometimes is the pyramids. I mean, this is a right. very, very ancient part of history. I've got no idea, absolutely no idea how they were built. I don't think anybody kind of does no and they just exist. And, and we, and life goes on <laughs> yeah. and, and I wonder, and I wonder how much more history like that is around us. And we just simply don't know
2: about it yeah and I, I think the thing is as well um, and it's the same with science but I think historians tend to extrapolate uh, ideas and and turn a, you know make things up in, in uh, to yeah. actually explain things where instead of actually questioning it we just get an uh, a glib explanation because it suits their agenda to do that and the pyramids are a great example nobody as you say nobody really knows who built them or how or why or how old they are even um although you know some people believe that they do but i'm not so sure sure mm. it's not a particular area of expertise of mine the pyramids but but it's an example and um, yeah the the it, it, it's almost like there's a hole to be filled so it has to be filled you know whereas I like to you know the way I approach my research is if I don't know something I I say that I don't know something but it, mm-hmm. it seems to be impossible for historians and scientists and just about any discipline you can name that it's like there's a, a a hole that has to be filled and they and they have to come up with a theory and often it's a very insubstantial and wrong theory so yeah John, do you think that we will ever piece together
1: the puzzle? I mean, or is this like just a, a, a perpetual cycle of, <laughs> of of breaking apart the puzzle and finding little yeah. pieces and putting it back together? It seems like it's just ne- it's never ending. It's so vast.
2: Yeah, I, I think it is never ending. I mean, it's like life itself, isn't it? You know, will we ever know mm. the secret of life? Um, who knows, maybe one day in the long distant future. But um, at the moment, I can't see that uh, any of this will be soluble, solvable, whatever the word is, Um, uh, the way things are at the moment. But who knows, you know, things happen very quickly sometimes in the future. And, you know, uh, I don't know. It's like asking the question to the meaning of life, isn't it?
1: But, I mean, it... (sighs) It's so obvious that, that we don't know a lot of the stuff. Uh, people just don't even ask que- I, I've noticed so many people are just happy not to even think. You know, my wife and I were in France just a few years ago, and mm-hmm. we traveled down to the south. And uh, as you do when you're a tourist, you go and have a look at all the cathedrals. I mean, some of these incredible structures were built a 1,000 years ago. They had no working machinery. What, they would have just had a hammer and a chisel? I don't believe yeah. that. Come on.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just specifically talking about cathedrals, um, they they tell us, and again, I don't know whether this is true or not, but they tell us that they they were built by using these um, uh, cranes that were cranked with feet, and it it, it does kind of work. But I I saw a a documentary about that um, a couple of years back, and it, it seemed quite plausible, but who knows, I mean, they just might make this stuff up just to fill a a gap in the knowledge base, as we say, but uh, Mm. yeah, I know it's, um, it's, there's this propensity, and I can't emphasize this enough, to try to fill knowledge gaps with theories. And these theories somehow get transmuted into fact very, very easily.
1: You mentioned the last 100, 150 years being pivotal. But in your book, you say that evolution is the greatest deception. What do you mean by that?
2: Um... Did I say that the, the evolution is the greatest deception? Maybe I did, <laughs> but that's up against some pretty <laughs> stiff composition, Jeremy. I mean, let, let, let's face it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's plenty of other great deceptions, aren't there? But yeah, maybe it's just hyperbole on my part. But yeah, evolution—I don't believe that evolution exists at all. Um, and well, okay, let me let me just qualify that statement. That's that's a bit mm. that's untrue. Microevolution, which is a totally different. Uh, concept of macroevolution. Macroevolution is the changing of one species into another, which is the tell us is how we we evolve yeah. from basically from pond yeah. slime. That is just nonsense. It, it, it's very easily easy to disprove that, and I, I do that. Um, but uh, microevolution, which is the gradual changing of of species attributes, is highly possible. Um, you know, for example. Um, Darwin gave the uh, example of peppered moths, how peppered moths actually blend in to the background of where they live, which is the bark of a particular tree, and their their wings look exactly like that bark. And that makes sense, because when you think about it, if, that, if, if that, that particular pattern evolved over time, then it had the effect of protecting that moth. So they were the ones most likely to survive and pass on the genes to the next generation. So things like that, yeah, I can accept that. But that's called microevolution. But they don't do that. Again, they, they lump micro and macroevolution then together and give us examples of microevolution to, to justify macroevolution, which is absolutely not possible at all. Um,
1: what would be the purpose, though, of giving us the theory of evolution?
2: Well, I've kind of touched that on that uh, earlier in the piece. Um, I think evolution, um, the Big Bang theory,
1: mm. and can yeah, the we that's Earth, also laughable?
2: Yeah, exactly. The, the the Globe Earth, I think that those three things taken in, in tandem, and I do I do a stand-up talk which I give around the country called The Three Pillars of Fake Science. And the whole premise of that, without going into detail of each each individual one, is to take away our power and take away the divine creator. Okay. So without evolution, without the Big Bang Theory and without the Globe Earth, that that gives them the opportunity to tell us that we are basically a random cosmic accident um, and not the powerful spiritual beings that we really actually are. So it takes, away, again, it takes away our power, and that's what it's all about. I mean, it goes much, much deeper yeah. than that, but that's just kind of scratching the surface.
1: We are just the useless eaters.
2: Exactly. Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and people and, believe and by, it. And,
1: yeah, and by saying that, it justifies depopulation.
2: Exactly that too. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, if indeed, well, and again, I touched on this very briefly uh, earlier on. Um, if indeed there, there are eight billion, I suspect that they exaggerate that figure because eight billion sounds terribly unsustainable, doesn't it? You know. Uh, so you know, again, it gives them an excuse to to promote their own agendas. If they if there are really eight billion of us. Uh, then, yeah, oh gosh, yeah, the population needs to be reduced, doesn't it? You know, I notice it, they never volunteer to be one of the ones that are going to get no. reduced, though. Um, no. You know, it's always they other people, the, isn't it?
1: They're not the ones who are going to eat their bugs. <laughs> no, exactly.
2: <laughs> you know what's or so to funny, though, John? And be happy.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Listen, I live in Africa. Yeah. There are a lot of people around me who, who have nothing, and I can guarantee you they're not happy.
2: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you're right.
1: Those elites, those oligarchs, they are so disconnected from reality, aren't they?
2: Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But then I guess the lives that they live and the, you know, the mollycoddle lives that they've lived uh, from Mm. cradle to grave. Um yeah, I mean they don't see reality as we see it. They they don't they don't struggle from day to day to keep body and soul together like 95 or 99% of the rest of us. You know, it's um life for them is an absolute doddle, isn't it?
1: But John, do you not think that um when everything gets refuted, do we not run the risk of becoming nihilistic or depressed?
2: Um in what sense? Should you just elaborate, Jeremy?
1: Well, if you you listen to this conversation and then you walk away thinking, well, okay, so nothing nothing that I think I know is true. Therefore, mm-hmm. what is true? Therefore, what is the point? Uh, it, it almost appears that there could be a slippery slope into uh, you know just feeling okay. empty.
2: I understand. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess I guess that's how I fill that void. And that is by seeking out the truth. And, you know, I would urge everyone to do it because, you know, I think it's very important that we do know the truth. And we're being deceived you know, on a massive scale by these people. So... You know, it's it's. I think it's, it's important that we all actually, no matter what form that may take, I mean, you know, I write books, I, I do talks, I do podcasts, I do radio shows. Um, you know, not everybody's capable of doing that, and I accept that. You know, people say to me, well, you know, you can do all that, John. What can I do? I can't do any of that. And I say, well, no, you can't. But you know, you know what the score is, tell people just just tell people just tell everybody you know encourage them to research encourage them to look at these things you know make Mm. out your purpose and the purpose in your life if you've got a hole in it you know so you know i don't think there's any excuse i mean we can all contribute in our own ways
0: you
1: know yeah when there is a collection of knowledge that has the potential of overturning a lot of the lies Mm. uh does that become a target i'm thinking for example of the great library of alexandria
2: absolutely yeah yeah the great library of alexandria yeah is a good uh, good example uh, for those people out there who are not aware what the great library of alexandria is or was it was the repository of all the all human knowledge in effect probably you know everything that you know it, it, Knowledge that had been uh, gathered over millennia was stored in the Great Library of Alexandria, which was burned in something like the 3rd or the 4th century AD. Nobody knows the exact date. Uh, And it also had a sister library as well, which was also burned. And um, it's believed that this was done to, um, you know, to destroy the real knowledge of who we are and where we've come from. And, uh, you know, it was done again, for that same reason, to protect those in power, to protect their, uh, their power and to deprive us of knowing exactly who we are and wh- where we came from. Um, so, yeah, it was destroyed in a, in a fire. It was destroyed by arson. Some people believe it was done by Christians because they didn't want the truth about Christianity to come out. Who knows? I don't suppose we'll ever know. But, um, you know, that's one of the, uh, uh, that's one one example. And that, that was the repository of all world knowledge at that time, which has gone forever, unfortunately.
1: All right, John Hamer, don't go anywhere. I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jim, this is TNT.
2: Anticipate potential delays for the morning commute. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know.
1: Hey, what are you it's talking about, man? Look at his stats.
2: It's about your right to be
1: informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free
2: as a nation. No, no, no. no, no, no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. Areas, and your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious. Some are easy to miss. But they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you.
1: Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand
2: the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. Meet Norm. He lives with anxiety. But with the help of this latest innovation from Be Normal, he can be normal. Just like everyone else. With the swipe of a finger, you can project happiness, confidence, machismo. Why settle for being real when you can be normal? The normal maker, new from be normal. This item doesn't really work because there's no such thing as normal. We're all different. What we like, how our brains work. In fact, one in five of us live with mental illness. Don't filter who you are. Start by talking to someone you trust. And remember, there is no normal.
0: Germ warfare is Jeremy now on today's News Talk Radio,
1: TNT. Uh, John, yes, a comment in the live chat. I don't know how to pronounce your name. Is it Huv- Huvo? My apologies if I've butchered it. But the comment goes as such: When we liquidate. The gutters that gather at Davos, the world's problems will go out with the bathwater. I think that is is a very small truth, though, uh, John.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 obviously it would help. <laughs> I'm not yeah. I'm not denying that, but I think it's it's not really getting to the root. Um, you know, the root is much higher than Davos. You know, and the, and these are anonymous, uh, hidden people hidden organizations that we probably don't even don't even not even aware that exist, But yeah, certainly, uh, Davos and the WHO and all that crew, they are the, um, the uh, visible face of what is going on, shall we say are part of the visible face of what's going on. But I think that you know, to get to the root of the problem, you need to go much higher.
1: Well, I mean, since you're alluding to it, how influential are secret societies?
2: Um, yeah, very much. I think that the the, um, the whole of the the infrastructure of of the, the or the whole of the power structure that controls the world is is heavily populated by secret societies of various kinds. Um, may, you know, most people have heard of Freemasonry, but there are other mm. there are other minor offshoots or uh, adjuncts, shall we say, probably more accurately. Um, but yeah, Freemasonry is is obviously a pretty major one um senior free uh, most people in positions of power are senior freemasons you know that's, uh, that's obviously a truism there's no i don't think that's even up for debate that's that's the case in all, it it they infiltrate all spheres of life um you know i don't think there's a single uh part of society that is not is not touched by them in some way or another the problem
1: again uh, that I was touching on earlier is that it seems like it it's it's a losing battle. They, they are too many and too powerful, and we are the peasant class who are scrambling around looking for ways to uh, to fight back. But I'm getting the impression, John, that as time progresses, uh, people are are gathering, more swiftly and more powerfully together I'm, I'm in little in little patches you you see these examples like the truckers in canada i don't know if the oligarchs the COVID folks saw that coming for example i don't think they saw the mass resistance to the vaccine rollout and and so they pulled back on that yeah do you do you see the same thing as what i'm seeing
2: absolutely yeah i'm again kind of mentioned it briefly before um i think you know the COVID hoax certainly woke a lot of people up. You know I, I hear it wherever I go. You know I do a lot of uh, speaking tours around the country, chat to people afterwards, and you know get you know get emails from people uh, who are just basically just waking up in the last two to three years. And um, yeah, it's happening. You know, there's no doubt about it that that, um, that there is an, an awakening going on. It's not rapid at the moment, but it's certainly significant. And I think compared to say four years ago, just prior to COVID, uh, the, the the percentage of the population who is aware that things aren't what they should be, or they're not as we're being told, is is, ma- is a massive difference. You know, um, you know, people tell me all the time that um, you know they uh, they woke up through COVID or or through some element of that, you know, it, it, it's, it's been a it's been a big change in the last few years. I mean, when I mm-hmm. first came into this world, this truth of world, for want of a better expression, I didn't know anybody else who felt the way that I do. You know, I'm going back 26 years, um, <clears throat> coming up to 27. And uh, it, it was a very lonely place to be, I'll tell you. Um, but now there are all sorts of groups springing up. You know, I know certainly there are, there are in the U.K., you know, truther groups, I get invited to speak at them. So, yeah, there's a, there's a big movement going on. And I think these people are running scared and are stepping up the agenda.
1: Something also, I suppose, um, that matters is the closer we are to that historical event, um, the easier it is to, to challenge and to refute and to revise. Something like Cleopatra or the pyramids or, uh, yes. you know, things that are very far away from us. Um, it's yep. very difficult to, to look into that.
2: Absolutely, it is. Yeah, yeah, things that, it makes sense, doesn't it? Anything that's more mm. fresh in the memory is going to be easier to research. Um, and especially, what? you know, if, you, if you're comparing it to ancient history, where there are virtually yeah. no records of it at all, you know, virtually nothing to, uh, to give us any clues. It's just guesswork really, isn't
1: it? Can you remember what you were doing on
2: 9-11? Yes. I was uh, sat in my office at work as an IT consultant um, watching it all unfold on the, on the internet. Um, <laughs> and then shortly after that, I was actually made redundant from my job. Not because of that, but I was made redundant from my job. Um, and I never worked again, you know, I just began doing this full time, I struggled for quite a few years. Um, yeah.
1: What did you think, though, when, when it was unfolding?
2: I, I knew it was, I knew it was fake because I, I was already awake, you know, and I knew it was fake. Uh, I didn't quite understand the ins and outs or the reasons or the personalities involved, of course, at first. But, um, yeah, I mean, as soon as I saw, I thought, come on, this is, this is just crazy.
1: Okay. So what do you make then of big players in the game, like Elon Musk?
2: Um, in what respect? what do you mean
1: i've got a i've got a i've got a a, a, a love hate relationship with him uh okay <laughs> I, I lo- the, the love part is because he comes from my my side of the world and uh very few influential people are south african so i, I, I quite All like right. that okay this there's, a, there's a, right. a sense of patriotism he went to school very close to where my wife went to school All but right. on the other hand but on the other hand you don't you don't become that by just working your way up the ladder.
2: No, no. He's, um, he, he and his, his ilk are basically they're puppets, you know, um, very influential puppets but nevertheless they're puppets they're you know they're having their strings pulled by this unseen group of people who we keep mentioning and uh, he's just happened to benefit enormously from it because of you know and he's just a figurehead basically uh, he's a billionaire a uh, very wealthy man obviously very influential in many many ways but he's not a, he's not the uh, he's not the top of the tree
1: yes exactly because it's kind of where I, was, where I was going so he's if if somebody's visible then you know automatically that they are not really that high up
2: absolutely yeah 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 these people do not make, make their presence uh known at all um you know we, we kind of know some of them are you know the R- rothschild family for example uh but there may even be people above the rothschilds um and i suspect there probably are but um as to whether we'll ever get get to know these people are that's a that's a very big question, but yeah yeah, yeah definitely the musks of this world are you know they're really in the grand scheme of things they are non entities they're just put there as uh, figureheads.
1: Here's a really interesting comment uh, from Hemingway. Uh, he says when when John tells us to do our own research that premise becomes slightly cloudy when we're also told that most of the stuff that we're about to research is likely to be untrue. So in other words, how do you navigate that fog of
2: of uh, It's a great of question. Yeah. yeah, it's a great question. Um, uh, again, I, I have this put to me fairly frequently and there is no uh, surefire answer to it. Uh, I think I've, I'm at a big advantage in a sense because I've got the experience to look at things and make a decision as to whether I believe it to be true or not. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm always correct. Um, but I can understand from the point of view of someone just nearly coming into this world, then it is very, very difficult to discern info, you know, real information from misinformation or even disinformation. It is difficult, and there is no kind of easy answer to it, sadly. Um, yeah.
1: What but, have you, for uh, example, What have you, for example, concluded and then realized after the fact that it was the incorrect conclusion?
2: Oh wow! <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the origins of the human race, which I do mention in uh, in mm. uh, 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 in the falsification of history, which is my first book. Um, I, I I have a different view altogether now of the origins of the human race. I I, I believed uh, a guy called Zechariah Sitchin, and which I found out later was that. Uh, what i found out later about zachariah sitchin was that he was just a shill he is not a reliable source in any way shape or form but i was taken in by him sadly um so there is a little bit of uh, falsification of history that i wish i could take out and that is it <laughs> <laughs> it's the
1: falsific- the, uh, what the falsification of the falsification of history
2: <laughs> that's the one yeah i keep i keep thinking i must do a second edition because it's it's mm. knocking on for 12 years old now that book i must do a second edition but i I, I mean i have so many other projects on the go other books and you know uh speaking tours and things and it's just it's just there's just not enough hours in the day to do it jeremy sadly
1: what are the implications though of let's say a critical mass starting to wake up
2: Mm Hmm. well i think that um the implications are that we will uh, regain some modicum of control back with our own of, of our own lives um you know these people cannot function without a mandate from the people and if they don't get a mandate um you know they're not going to be able to function and they're not going to be able to continue to have this this terrible hold over all the all of society that they have now um uh, you know that the, the people power is the key. And, uh, you know, the 100th monkey syndrome, uh, the tipping point is some way away. But when it happens, these people have nowhere to go. And we will take back control. I have thought long and hard about how we'll see that control manifest in itself out, you know, when it's back in our own hands. And I'll be honest, I don't know the answer to it. But mm. I certainly know that what we have now is not the answer.
1: So in a way are you suggesting that as technology progresses uh, which is helpful to to those in power it's also going to be a sword in this in in their side
2: yeah I would I would say so yeah um without a doubt I mean we've seen for example a good example of that is the internet the internet mm. was was you know has been uh, a great tool for them in a sense, but it's also been a great tool for us in that that it's helped wake people up. You know, I don't think we'd be sat here. Well, we wouldn't be sat here talking now if it wasn't for the internet, would we? For example, mm. but that's just one tiny example. You know, the the amount of information now that we we as truthers can get across, in part over the internet, is amazing. And I don't think that these people who who who, who took or the idea and ran with it, anticipated mm. that it was going to be a huge tool for waking people up, which has been.
1: Yeah, that's yes, an interesting question. Do you think that there has ever been a mass awakening um, and that's perhaps been hidden from us?
2: Uh, that is an interesting question. I don't know the answer to it. Um, hmm. I, would, sure. I would tend yeah, that's to say probably not. I, I, I would tend to say probably not, but I I, I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't answer it for sure.
1: I suppose the closest you could get is the Library of Alexandria. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I mean, although it wasn't so much a mass awakening, was it? It was already people no. were already in that <laughs> yeah. state. It, it wasn't so much yeah. that they came from a position of no knowledge into a position of knowledge. That knowledge already existed. But I, I, I understand what you're saying, yeah. Mm.
1: Time is running out now, John. Um, lots of comments and questions. Um, yeah, it is a shame. Um, so yes, he has someone saying that I, I was woken, especially when the jabs were rolled out. Yeah, that I think I think was a silver lining of the COVID era. Was yeah, definitely. the vax, the vaccine, the so called vaccine rollout, that yeah. had such a profound effect on so many people.
2: Absolutely. And none of it made any sense, of course. You know, the logic no. behind doing it was all you know crazy uh, the, it wasn't logic at all um uh, you
1: know so, i wonder what this comment means warhol is a mistake what does that mean War warhol is that a reference to andy warhol is a mistake i don't know i don't i've know. got no idea what that means doesn't, doesn't make sense <laughs> um, to me <laughs> doesn't make sense to me either all right let's quickly let's quickly promo this book and your other books
2: okay okay well yeah um Falsification of History was my first book. I followed that up with The Truth About the Titanic, which we talked about in, in one of your shows, uh, Jeremy. Um, that was RMS Olympic. Um, and I wrote a novel based on RMS Olympic called Titanic's Last Secret. So that was the first three. Then I wrote a book called Behind the Curtain, which is a massive two-volume uh, tome dedicated to the truth behind the... the fraudulent money system and the banking industry, and how that uh, the way that they create money is enable them to fund all the agenda that they're pushing on us right now. Okay, so that was that. Then I wrote a book called JFK: uh, A Very British Coup, which is about the JFK assassination and how it was controlled through through uh, the British Crown. Um, uh, that was. Then I wrote the falsification of science, which is like a sister volume to the falsification of history again it's it's about the same size as the falsification of history and another thick book and finally my latest book is called welcome to the masquerade and i wrote that with uh, a co-author shannon rowan in the states who's a good friend of mine and welcome to the masquerade is about the nonsense of the last three four years so yeah that's my current portfolio
1: yeah and your website where can all of this be found
2: um Uh, Well, the only way that you can, yeah, sadly, I mean, it's a shame uh, that it has to be done through (laughs) Amazon because I'm not one of their (laughs) fans, and I know lots of you guys out there aren't either. But uh, so anyone in the UK can actually Uh, email me directly, and I'll send signed copies. um, You know, because I can purchase author copies independently. Mm. And uh, but for the rest of the world, you know, as you said at one point, the the costs of shipping are prohibitive because they're big books. So I'm afraid Amazon is the only option. Um, So Amazon dot wherever you are in the world, basically. Um,
1: I'll, I'll end I'll end with this comment. From, from the live chat. Titanic okay. was Olympic. Titanic was Olympic with extra carpets.
2: <laughs> just about sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. that that's yeah. the comment yeah, of the yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That. All
1: right, John Aymer. thank you for joining me in the trenches. I'll invite you back without without a doubt.
2: Brilliant. My pleasure, Jeremy.
1: And uh, please send me an email, germwarfare at tntradio.live. Let me know your thoughts, feedback, questions, whatever you want. I don't care. Uh, But do send me an email. On behalf of Joel, Alex, and myself, my name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas.